0: the Life of an Average Joe podcast. I am Brandon Novera, a sick or allergy-ridden Brandon Novera. So once again, my voice is kind of on its way out. I I feel like this happens a lot, and maybe maybe it's because I talk too much. But um, I am very excited to be here. I have a very special guest that I find super interesting and amazing. And we kind of connected in this unique way on this Facebook group. And really, uh, I I tell you what, I'm glad it happened, because I don't often um, get a lot of just random, I don't want to say stranger guests, but (laughs) guests that I haven't met yet. Usually it's people I've known or encountered over the years. Uh, So this has been a unique one for me, and it really caught my attention. Uh, His name is Alan Taylor, a freelance writer, author, traveler. This guy's got stories. I mean, he's got some great stories. Alan, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Brandon. Man, I hope your voice gets better. Uh, I'm already liking the show. We haven't even started yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, we do it really laid back here. It's a life of an average show. I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not. So uh, I'm just a guy, you know, and uh, yeah. I, t- I tell you what, um, my voice will get there sooner or later. I've got plenty of water, plenty of coffee, plenty of everything. We'll, We'll make it through this podcast. Let me tell you
1: awesome
0: uh alan you i don't even know where to begin with you actually because you've done a lot and you are doing a lot it seems like um i'm gonna very busy yes you are yes you are and uh i'm gonna go off and i'll start with the the first thing that kind of drew me to you and then we'll go to all the other fun stuff um you currently live in a unique home setting
1: correct uh, yeah, yeah, you could say it's unique <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> so, so tell me about that. Let's just start off. Tell me where you live how, and, and how you got there.
1: Well, you know, it's it's an interesting story. I I lived, my wife and I lived in a four bedroom house uh, attached to a church in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, for the longest time, um, we had grandkids. Grandchildren living with us, and so uh, we had uh, three grandkids. At one time, we had the whole family living with us, but but wow. we've been very active in in uh, supporting our three oldest grandchildren, and they have lived with us for very at various points in, in in our lives. They're grown now; two of them are are uh, out of high school. Okay, but, uh, but they lived with us for a long time, and so we lived in this four bedroom house. We were groundskeepers at the church. Uh, we paid uh, rent. It was uh, below market rent. because We took care of the grounds and everything, but we were renting this house from the church and the pastor came to us and said, "Yeah, you know, that we'd like to use your space for ministry. And so we'd like to, we'd like to ask you to move out, but we're giving you a four month notice. <laughs> Jeez. Which was an awesome notice. Right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, so they were gracious about that. And we said, okay, fine. And, uh, So what my wife and I talked about it, prayed about it. Uh, We just didn't want to go find another place to live. Sure. So uh, we decided to buy a bus, convert it into an RV and hit the road. Kind of see what that lifestyle is like. And we drove the bus down to Texas where my family lives. My wife, uh, her family's in Pennsylvania. And we decided that we didn't like driving the bus. We liked (laughs) We liked living in it, but we didn't like driving it. So so what we did was we left it there in Texas on my parents' property, and that is our winter home. And the rest of the year, we drive around in a Chevy van, which we also converted into a living space with a bed and a kitchen and, you know, um, a good solid, uh, you know, 120-square-foot living space uh, with everything that we need in it.
0: Wow. Okay, so... You, you had the bus, you converted it, and I don't blame you.
1: I wouldn't want to drive that either
0: um, because I can imagine driving around in Texas with that thing. I have to drive around in my car in Texas, and I'm, I'm bothered by that. So <laughs> um, what part of Texas did you end up leaving this RV on for your winter home? What part, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah, East Texas, out near, uh, I don't know if you know where Cedar Creek Lake is. I, but, sure, uh, do. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, an hour and a half southeast of Dallas.
0: Yeah. OK, not too bad. That's that's a good area, actually, for a winter home. I'll, uh, I mean, especially if you're coming from Pennsylvania, because I know you don't want to be in the winter in Pennsylvania, parts of it anyway, depending on what part of Pennsylvania.
1: No, no we've we've lived here 16 years and uh, I had all the snow shoveling that I could handle. <laughs> on sixteen years. <laughs>
0: I will tell you this. And, and I, I do miss the snow. I'm from Michigan uh, originally and I've been in Texas about 11 years I do miss the snow. I, I like, I'm a cold weather guy, but what I don't miss is what you just said, the shoveling, yeah. the slush and all that. I don't miss that. If I can look at it and hang out, I'm
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing, you know, there, it has its delights. There, there, there are the ups and downs. Of course, you know, uh, on, on a good winter day, um, you snuggled up inside, you can look out the window, you see the snow falling, you got some, you know, hot cocoa and, uh, you know, a little slice of apple pie. Those are, those are great moments. And of course, you know, sledding down the quarter mile Hill out in front of our house oh. with my grandchildren, that was incredible. And so there are moments that, that you just enjoy the snow, but you know, when it snows 50 inches in one week nope. and you've got to shovel the sidewalk, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is not fun.
0: <laughs> no, that's a pass. That's a pass on that for sure. Okay, so you're traveling and on your travels, just regardless, even when I've done day trips or road trips, you just see all kinds of stuff. When you travel, do you go specific places? Do you have a do you have a like kind of like a a game planned in mind? You just let the road take you.
1: Yeah, uh, sometimes we do. We do both ways. Uh, It just depends on what we got going on. So when we started out. We were just kind of like, uh, hey, let's just go check this out. You know, spontaneous, um, wherever, let's see where the road goes, right? Right. Um, uh, But something happened Uh, last year. I published a book, and I wanted to promote the book. And since we were traveling, I decided to book um, venues, Okay. where I could sell my book. And so uh, I had a VA um, and, and I got a list of bookstores and, and other events going on in various places. And we knew that we were going to be traveling between Texas and Pennsylvania, but we were going to kind of go in a parabolic um, uh, fashion uh, out to the Southeast and then up. Okay. <laughs> so we knew kind of what direction we were going. And I just had my VA, look, I I told her, I said, schedule me some places in these general vicinities, you know, these states, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, and and then on up the the coast of Pennsylvania, schedule me in that general area in a way that makes sense along our travels. You know, in other words, don't schedule me in Louisiana and then Pennsylvania four days later and then back down to Florida, you know, don't bounce me around. But do it in a kind of logical fashion uh, in the direction that we're traveling. And so she did that. And we ended up having like five or six different bookstore events uh, in various states on our trip from Texas to PA. And so, in that, so when we were doing that, we had a, kind of an established itinerary. So I had hard dates to be in certain local cities. And uh, boy, that really put a strain on things. <laughs> <laughs> I sold some books, but Good. boy, that did put a strain on some things.
0: <laughs> well, because, you know, when you're just traveling, you're like, hey, we'll get
1: there when we get there.
0: You know, yeah. you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, would... ta- we'll take our time. We see something on the side of the road. We'll stop and look at it. But when you got that date, you yeah. got to account for that traffic and then the travel time and yeah. something's going to happen on the road. So this was the book tour for I Am Not the King.
1: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, Okay. cool.
0: Cool. I just want to make sure I have my timeline here. So, when you were traveling those dates and and selling your book and getting your 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 message and your story out there, is that when you decided because you have a YouTube a YouTube channel called The Adventures of Alan and Teresa, right?
1: Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. You know, that was my wife's brainstorm. Uh, she wanted to. She's a graphic artist, and she wanted to do something different. And, sure. And the goal the goal is. I, I told her when we started this I, you know I've been freelancing for sixteen years right uh, so I chase clients that's yes. that's what I do that's my that's my primary occupation somebody asked me what do you do I chase clients okay that's yeah. what I do that's accurate uh, yeah and, and I love it I love the writing I love the process of writing I have very I have enjoyed what I do for sixteen years I love my clients I've had great clients uh but I just I'm ready for a change. And so I told my wife, you know, I want I want to phase that out and I want to continue writing. I want to make money um, writing about other things that, you know, things that really make me tick, that make me get excited uh, and not just client work. And so I, I told her, well, I want to write some books. I want to you know do these things, make some money in other ways. So she said, you know, hey, let's start a YouTube channel. OK. And okay, uh, well, tell me more about that. And so since we were traveling uh, and we were visiting small towns and we love to walk their historic districts and, and all that and see the architecture and the old churches and, and, and all of that and get the history of the local area. Um, that's So we just kind of focused our YouTube channel on that. We were already doing it because we're traveling and, and we're just uh, enjoying each other's company, enjoying the road, enjoying the the little excursions into these little towns that we've been visiting. Uh, So we started the YouTube channel. And there's a ton of stuff on here, by the way, guys, if you, and and I'll post
0: all these links on all my social media platforms and the website. So don't worry guys, you'll be able to check it out. But I mean, I've, I've seen you and some of the places, especially here in Texas, like uh, Canton, Texas, I've been to those first Monday trade days, which that alone you could spend Countless. I mean, that place is. I get exhausted just walking around, you know. Hey, yeah, you can spend a
1: week there. Of course, it's only a weekend. They do it once, uh, you know, uh, one weekend a month. But you could, you could spend the entire weekend walking around that place and not see it all. Oh yeah,
0: and and you have to if you go there to look just to look that's okay but if you're like i'm gonna try to find something you better you better look at everything because there is so much stuff there I, and i know i could have walked out of there with a car load of stuff i mean just an amazing place but you guys have yeah, a you could have of- bought a car
1: and walked out of that's there that's true the car load of stuff.
0: <laughs> that's that's actually true <laughs> That's that's completely true. Um that was a great video to watch just because I I you know I was like, "Oh yeah, I've been there." But I haven't gone through all the videos yet, but you guys have gone to a lot of places and it's really cool because I'm a big fan of, you know, small towns. Um mm-hmm. you know, like you said, the history and all that. I think as I've gotten older, I become more of a a fan of that, so to speak. When I was yeah. in my not that I'm old, but when I was in my younger years, I'm all about the city. You know, I just want to be in the city. I want to be close to the city. I didn't understand the peacefulness and the history of these smaller towns.
1: Yeah. Uh, No, see, I I have the same thing. Uh, I grew up in the city. I grew up in Dallas. Uh, My parents didn't move out of the city. uh, And and my dad grew up in the small town. He grew up in Corsicana. So he's a small town guy. Sure. But we lived in Dallas uh for most of my childhood they didn't move back out into the country until my senior year in high school so i'm a city guy i grew up in the city so when i was younger and and they said hey we're going to move out to east texas i was like oh gosh no i don't oh that's awful I, you know I, I don't i'm not a country boy you know, that. uh i hated it and uh so when i left home you know i joined the army and then i went to college i, I went back to the city Right, uh, but as I grew older, like you, I, I got married, you know, and I had a family. Uh, my wife's a country girl, and you know, I've honestly, um, after living in rural Pennsylvania for sixteen years, I, I really fell in love with the country, and and I like small towns, and so I guess I'm getting
0: old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I think there's something to that. Like I still love going to the city. Plus, I have a toddler now, so I'm like, yeah, I don't really need to grow my toddler up in the city. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just, that's not yeah. my, that's not my choice. Um, right. I love going to the city. I I want to be able to leave when I'm done, you know, like yeah. I don't, yeah. I want to, you know, go. And there's just something about keeping that American tradition, those small towns that really built this country. There's something about giving back to them and keeping them yeah. going, you know, I, I don't know, but
1: I agree. I, I totally agree. I, I love, I love the city. I still like to go into a downtown area and just look at the skyscrapers yes. and, you know, and, and, you know, it's city living. It's 20th century, early 21st century living. But like you say, there are still in the 21st century, more people living in small towns and rural communities than what live in the cities. Exactly. And that's just it. And, and there's multiple reasons for that, you know?
0: So I think that for me, I want to keep some of them, I want to keep those cities or those towns going because it's not easy to keep a small town alive in this day and age.
1: It really is not. And, and, and uh, that's the interesting thing is over time, just about every community goes through uh, lifestyle Phases, you know, just like people do. Sure. Uh, and so it's interesting to, to go into a, a town and learn how it got started. Who settled that town? What groups settled that town? What was important to them? Uh, why did they move there? What was so special about that place? And then the events that transformed it from just a settlement into an actual town how it got incorporated what industries grew up there and then you know in some cases what declined you know some some small towns decline so they may at one point in their history be 5,000 people and then you know 30 40 years later only 1500 you know and so what makes what makes these lifestyle uh, phases so special about these towns it's really interesting to learn that stuff.
0: Yeah, it is, and it's it's funny you see that too because it can be just the slightest change, whether that be an industry or who knows um, agriculture that changes the town from from a thriving town to I don't want to say a ghost town because that's not that's not proper, but uh, you know just a, a smaller smaller town. It can be the smallest thing at the right time that can take that town from being a a real pulse of the state to not much at all so um, yeah and a lot
1: of times it's something real simple like uh you know the state built a bypass around that yes. town and so yeah. right <laughs> and, and then other times it's more complex where you know um you know the economy changed uh an industry kind of went out of fashion because a new industry rose up all sorts of things
0: so on your travels as you're as you're traveling in in your home do you often go back to towns that you like, or do you really try to say, you know what, I want to go somewhere different?
1: Yeah, we do both. Uh, we recently uh, shot a video of uh, this little town in Virginia called Front Royal.
0: I just saw that you posted that about a couple days ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and no, we've been to Front Royal before. It's been about three years. We uh, when we lived up here in Pennsylvania. Uh, it may have been a little longer than that, but uh, it wasn't long ago. But it, it it was about about the time that we started gaining an interest in traveling, we visited Front Royal, and uh, we loved it. It was a neat little town. But at the time, we didn't have a YouTube channel, so we didn't shoot any video. And uh, so now that we're back in the area, we decided, hey, let's go down to Front Royal and shoot uh, shoot that town down there and we did we just love the town thought we would share um the walking tour with our um our listeners our viewers and uh so i'm, I'm glad to see that people are actually enjoying that one it's, it's becoming one of our more popular videos
0: I was going to say, yeah, uh, when you said uh, welcome back to season two, it's got a pretty good amount of views. It's growing. And that was just a couple of days ago. So, yeah. Um, so what do you like about Front Royal? What's what what stands out about Front Royal compared to some of the other places?
1: It, well, number one, it, it, it is a beautiful community and 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 the history that is there. Uh, just kind of highlights the natural beauty of the town. But it's also got some interesting developments there. Um, you know, you may be familiar with Warren Beatty and Shirley McLean. Yep. Uh yep. Well they're from that town. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I had no idea. <laughs> uh, and and our video shows a house that uh that they grew up in. And uh the the Beatty house. It's right there in front row. And that's cool stuff. You know, when you learn things like that, because you know these people, you know it's one thing to to go to a town, read about the Civil War history, and George Washington took a bath here, and those kind of things. Well, those are interesting, but you know, when you know who the people are because you see them on the silver screen, or they're a famous author and you've read their book, and they're still living, that that kind of makes it a little bit different.
0: Yeah, it does hit a, it. It does kind of connect a little bit, like you said. It's great to look at those huge historical moments uh there's something special but we almost can't wrap our head around it you know it's, yeah. it's it's so far back it's like wait I can't imagine it but yeah like you said when you see Warren Beatty's home you're like oh well wait a minute I know him you know <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> I know that guy <laughs> uh, yeah
1: and and there's there you see those things in these small towns uh you know not every small town but uh you go to these small towns and you go well you know I've I've heard that singer on the radio. She's from this town. That's cool. You know, Uh, and so we try to bring that kind of stuff out, you know, just so people know that, yeah, you know, just normal everyday people, you know, they may be actors, they may be famous. But at one time in their life, they were not famous. And before they were famous, they lived here. You know, they were just a normal small town guy or girl, just like you are. Right. And so it's cool to bring that out.
0: So traveling in a van's got its pros, definitely has its cons. um, I I imagine, but I imagine that the, the benefits, what you're doing now could outweigh the cons depending on how you look at it. What is one thing in that, that as you travel, that you, you kind of, I don't want to say bothers you uh, that annoys you that you don't like, like, you know, there's always something, nothing's perfect in life. You know?
1: Yeah. The hard The hard thing that we've noticed, uh, uh, you know, when we started this lifestyle, what we wanted to do, uh, we talked about was kind of follow the path of the birds. Okay. Um, We'll go, you know, north in the summer and we'll come south in the winter. Um, But there, there are two things about that. Number one, life events get in the way and what we discovered this year is we we ended up in pennsylvania in january and february and then we're going to end up in texas in july oh jeez that's (laughs) not the way we planned this we did not not, but life events kind of forced us into that so we had three deaths in the family Mm -hmm. in january and february so we did a lot of traveling Just between Texas and PA. And I mean, not traveling in the normal sense that we do, but driving without stopping. Yeah, yeah. We did that for the first couple of months because two of those deaths was in Pennsylvania and one was in Texas. So we had to go back and forth and back and forth. But we ended up in Pennsylvania in January and February. That was not in our original plan. And uh, because my folks, my parents are elderly now and they need help with certain things, I promised them I would come back and see them. Normally, we would go away um, when spring hits and then not go back until late fall. And I told them I would come back uh, before I normally would uh, and and visit and and do some things for them. So we're going in the heat of summer (laughs) back to Texas. (laughs) So life events, that's one thing. You can't control them. Uh, And even if you live in a van, you still have a life like everyone else, and and you have to respond to those events. The other thing is you can't control the weather. No, no. And so, you know, we want to, uh, you know, who wants to go hang out in the rain? I mean, that's, you know, nobody wants to just uh, stand outside with pouring rain. So when you live in 120 square feet of space, and it's raining, and it rains for days in a row, you can get cabin fever really, really quick. yeah yep. um, Now the bright side to that is you can you can get in your wheels and drive out of the rain. just drive just hey I'm getting out of this area. it's raining too much. problem we did that uh, last year. Uh, and we found out that it rained all along the East Coast <laughs> as we we tried to get out of the rain, and we just kept staying in the rain. It was just so, it so was just it,
0: traveling with you,
1: you know. <laughs> it was, and it, and and so you can't always get out of it, um, but you can try, and that's the beautiful thing. We did outrun a hurricane. Oh, jeez! <laughs> so that was good, you know. Um, the the folks who were stationed in their one spot uh either had to huck you know huddle down and 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 brave it through or find some place to go we just got in our house and drove away He just left so yeah. Right yeah we just left town
0: so i you know a couple of things and also i imagine just like any <laughs> other home in any other life you've got a budget and you've got expenses and you've got a you know yeah. you got to figure that out and with yeah. traveling gas being the number one i imagine uh expense and of course the way gas prices are across the country right now Mm
1: -hmm. that's
0: got to play a little bit of factor of (laughs) when you decide to travel and how far you decide to travel i imagine
1: oh absolutely yeah um yeah gas prices have been outrageous um uh, in the last uh, year and so that that has put a hamper on things but then you know we, the, the bright side is we don't have a lot of the same expenses normal people have. We're, we're off grid, completely that's off grid. Right. So I don't have an electric uh, bill. I don't have to pay water and sewage and trash. Well, that's fair. Yeah. You know, So uh, I can reduce my expenses to a certain degree. And if I want to control what I spend on gas, well, then I just stay in one place a little longer
0: yeah that's true if you look at you look at your calendar and go hey this is you know what uh we've spent this we've done this you know what we're okay here for another couple of days no big deal you know or yeah, a week yeah. or however long that may be that's that's true now you brought up weather in a hurricane is that the closest to bad weather like i'm talking Dangerous weather you've ever come, or have you experienced some tornadoes and things like that across your trips? Or uh,
1: not yet, but I, I know where the tornadoes are, and so you know, having grown up in Texas, <laughs> exactly, you know, uh, yeah, and tornado season. So we we try to stay away from the 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 seasonal uh, weather conditions that we're aware of. And sure. So. Uh, we just happened to be <clears throat> we just happened to be on our travels from Pennsylvania to Texas. Um, and it was earlier this year, actually, uh, on our way to Texas for my sister's funeral. And we were in, I think, um, Tennessee at the time, earlier. Central Tennessee, and the hurricane was coming up the Florida coast. And it was going to it was going to cross our path. We were going down; it was coming up. Uh, so we left and just did him mouthed south as fast as we could, and ended up getting to Birmingham and heading east just in time uh, before the hurricane crossed where we were driving. So, wow, yeah,
0: that's crazy. Yeah, and you know, I mean, like you said knowing Texas, you already know, you know, number 11th in this, in the country for tornadoes. You already know where oh, yeah. we're I mean, we, we just have... had, we just had the sirens go off yesterday. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and there was a tornado just North of me. I mean, I say just North of me, it was in Oklahoma, but that is just North of me. Um, that hit pretty hard too. So I feel like this year in particular, I've spent more time with my son playing in the closet because of tornadoes. than I have last year, I'm telling you, um, but luckily, thank God, nothing is you know we're still here so I'm, I'm yeah I'm super blessed that way. So on your travels, besides you know hanging out, experiencing life, uh, embracing the country and time with your wife and all that, you do writing. Obviously, you have to write, so you take time to write. Um,
1: absolutely.
0: Now you have two books out that I know of, or is there more that I'm not aware of?
1: <clears throat> well, I have two nonfiction books currently okay. so i've got i am not the king yes um you know that's my christian testimony um a story of of my life my spiritual life in a nutshell it, it doesn't cover everything it just uh kind of covers the nutshell version um and then uh i recently had now self published i'm not the king but I went through a traditional publisher on my for my book on cryptocurrencies, which just came out in March. Uh, it's actually how cryptocurrencies are changing social media, and so those are my two nonfiction books. And then I've got uh, a series of fiction anthologies. That oh, I've okay,
0: okay. What are those called, or how does that work? Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, those those stories are multi-author anthologies. Uh, I'm the editor. Um, uh, so there's stories written by other authors and, uh, I just, uh, put a call out and the theme is biblical legends and, uh, it's called the biblical legends anthology series. And I asked writers to send me stories on specific Bible events. Um, and each book is related to that event. And then, uh, kind of make them speculative and so the first one was the garden of eden and i asked writers to send me stories of characters in the garden of eden who were not actually biblical characters okay so so i got stories about garden gnomes and angels and fairies and weird creatures that inhabited the garden of eden and then uh then i did one on um sodom and gomorrah Same theme, you know, um, tell stories about Sodom and Gomorrah, survival and tragedy and Sodom and Gomorrah, but don't use biblical characters. And so I got some interesting stories there. And then the third one is on um, the Great Flood. It's called Deluge. Uh, And so uh, I asked writers to send me stories about people caught up in the Great Flood, but again, don't use biblical characters. And so, so that's the theme, Biblical Legends Anthology Series it's in the speculative fiction uh genre um and uh got some really cool stories from those
0: i was going to say and that's almost something that you can do endless it feels like if you're if you're taking stories from the bible you know specific but not using bible characters you could continue this series for quite some time
1: yes yes and i plan to get back to it I, um that's cool it's been it's been a while since i published one of those it was, uh, and they, they were really good when I was promoting them uh, but what happened was <clears throat> at the time I was really struggling to make ends meet and I knew I could make good money freelance writing so I started focusing more on client work right and and then the uh, the the fiction publishing kind of tapered off because I spent more time on the other thing I'd like to get back to that and so i'm I'm working on a plan to versions of it and uh and, and keep that thing good it's, uh, it's a unique idea so
0: no it's a very unique idea and it also it also reaches a, a wide audience too it's not just um, i mean it really kind of goes outside the realm of uh so-called I, mean, I don't even know how to put this uh christian writing religious right whatever you want to say it's different you know yeah. so it can kind of open up the doors for some people that might not normally read that story, to go, you know what? This is interesting. I'm going to dive into it, and again, yeah. you can kind of get the message out that way. So um, that's cool. That's really interesting. I had no idea. I missed that somehow on my notes. So shame on me. But uh, <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. So then you though, but then you got to the crypto social, which came out uh, in March, and that's available. Yeah. Crypto Social and I Am Not the King are available on Amazon. Are the other books available on Amazon as well?
1: Yeah, they're all on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and Apple and Kobo and just about anywhere you can buy books. uh, You you should find them.
0: Okay, guys, I will also post, uh, guys and girls, everybody listening out there, I'll also have the links to all this. Don't worry. (laughs) If you want to click on it and check it out, I'll have the links to everything here. Um, how did you get into the crypto social? Because I started to read about what it was about, and it, it sounds interesting to me.
1: Yeah, uh, uh yeah, great question. I, I was, uh, I had a client who had a couple of online publications, and I was editing one of those that was focused on alternative lending, online lending, you know, like SoFi and, and Prosper and those kind of uh brands, and and I was or curating the news on that sector and what was going on in that sector at the time. And he wanted to start uh, one based on cryptocurrencies. Sure. And this was back in 2017 when the big Bitcoin bull market hit and bull market and Bitcoin went from 1000 to $20,000 within 11 months. And, and it was a big craze and he wanted to start this, uh, Uh, this online publication. So he asked me if I wanted to be the editor. And of course, you know, why, how do you say no? You know, because he's already a client. Right. You're already editing one publication. Might as well edit the other one too. So I said, yeah, sure, why not? So I started editing that publication and learning about uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology and all that. Uh, And this was in 2018. Uh, And I learned about this website called Steemit. At the time, it was the very first um, crypto social platform that launched with a cryptocurrency. There were a couple of others, but they hadn't launched their cryptocurrencies yet. And so Steam, it was the first one. And uh, so I started playing around on it and, you know, played around on it for about a year, year and a half. And made a little over $1,000 during a bear market when all the cryptocurrencies were falling from their highs. Um and and SteamIt was up to about three dollars in twenty seventeen. But by the end of twenty eighteen, when I was playing around on the site, it, it had fallen down below a dollar in value. Wow. And wow. And and I, I still made over a thousand dollars just posting blog posts on, on the platform. Wow! And uh, so I thought, wow, this is wild. And then I noticed all these other ones started popping up. Um, And I mean, they were popping up like crazy. There were more than 100 different variations of media paying people in cryptocurrencies. And I just started exploring them and and said, you know, somebody needs to write a book about this. Uh, And I looked and there weren't any books on it. And so I decided, yeah, you know what? I'm going to write the book on this.
0: (laughs) capitalize on the market get get ahead of the game
1: there no absolutely and so that's what i did i bought i i found a publisher i could have published it myself but at the time i got it i got this linkedin message from a guy or actually i think he was he, he posted on linkedin and i saw it and and he basically said uh he is looking for writers or authors people who want to be authors uh to hook up with publishing companies who are looking for authors with book ideas and I thought that was interesting Uh, I had never seen that approach before and so I contacted and thought well you know what kind of kind of scam is this guy running and you know I talked to him and it seemed legitimate Uh, and so I checked out the publishing companies that he was uh, recommending and he told me what happened you know he got paid by the publishing company. I didn't have to give him any money. All I had to do is present a proposal, and he would send it to the company. And if they accepted the proposal, then he would get a commission on that, just uh, plain and simple. And I thought, yeah, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. So I came up with this, the book idea. This was right at the time I was playing around on social media, on the crypto social sites. I was getting the idea for the book. So it was just good timing. So I put that proposal together, sent it to him. He sent it to the publisher. The publisher liked it. And they contacted me and said, hey, we'd like to publish your book. And so um, we negotiated the terms. Wow. Yeah, because you get an email like that, even if it's on LinkedIn, which
0: is a pretty good site. It's not, it's not like those random spam emails you get. But even on LinkedIn, you get an email like that and you're, you're already hesitant. You're like, nah. this is this is fake. This is a scam,
1: you know, especially <laughs> if it's something that you're not used to. I had never I had never seen uh, book publishers use recruiters before. Uh, you know, usually an author goes through an agent.
0: Yes. And
1: and the agent works for the author. Uh, but this was a little different. He was working for the publishing company that was uh, looking for authors. And I thought, eh, you know what? I guess it could happen Uh, if you're a small publisher and there are only about six big publishers right now that dominate 95% of the whole publishing industry. So if you're a small publisher working in this space, you might need a little bit of an edge. So maybe it makes sense to have somebody go out, look for authors for you. Yeah. Build
0: up your portfolio and all that. I mean, it it does make sense. I just would have never guessed that either. Um,
1: Yeah. So. It was interesting to me, and uh, followed the path, and ended up with a book. Yeah, and what? And it was a
0: painless, smooth process with a great result. I mean, how often does that happen in life? So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know,
1: and it, it just—it was like synchronicity. You know, uh, just the right, t- right timing, right idea, right situation, and it all fell together.
0: So with you, you know, you have family and all this, obviously, um, you, you've got to visit your family. We've talked about that. Do they, how do they take you and your new, I hate to say new lifestyle, but your, your road trip life, how, how are they taking it? Do they, do they wish you'd be somewhere permanent so they could see you? Or they just think, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or are they just like, Hey, you know what? Go for it. You know? Yeah.
1: My, uh, my grandkids, my grandkids think it's cool, you know, sure. um, Grammy and Poppy, they live. They live in a van. They travel around. Uh, they think that's cool. Um, my mom and dad, they they're okay with it, but they kind of they're older now, so and they need help. And so, uh, and my sister, who had passed away in February this year, lived right next door. Oh, and so that kind of changed things uh, a little bit for them. Um, and so. Yeah, they they would like me to be around a little bit more. Uh, We got daughter in Pennsylvania that would like us to uh, spend a little more time uh, around uh, because we can help raise the granddaughter. You know, she's (laughs) five. You know, (laughs) she's five. And they have found out that a multi-generational household actually has some benefits. (laughs) Right, right. uh uh, because we've been up here now since uh, for a couple of months we've been here right now um just hanging out and and they're liking it so Um, but for the most part everybody's supportive
0: yeah and and i mean they got to understand too you you're in a different chapter of your life compared to where they're at and and when they get to that different chapter they're going to be thinking differently as well
1: you know yeah Um, absolutely
0: yeah, I'm sure. I think that I, I, I'm just thinking about the time when even now, and it's such a small chapter, as my son approaches school, you know, my whole daily routine and nightly routine is going to change, which I want it to. You want your kids to grow, be successful and all that. Um, but I'm thinking, man, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do during the day now? I'm going to have to switch my job stuff. So that I can be busy during the day because he's going to be gone, and we don't yeah. think about how those little changes affect the routine of our daily lives. So she'll, you you know, your daughter will figure it out one day when she gets to that point. <laughs> she'll figure it out. She'll be okay. She'll be like, you know what? I'm going to go travel now.
1: <laughs> yeah, when 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 they get older, uh, you know, and and they're empty nesters. You know, the 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 daughter's gone and married and doing her own thing they'll figure out what the next chapter of their lives are and uh, right now they're they're caught up in mom and dad mode which that, is beautiful
0: a, at five it's years beautiful. old that's all you can do I mean yeah, you <laughs> know it. yeah
1: you know they've got their jobs and uh, she's a she's pretty much a stay-at-home mom but she does have a weekend job okay. that she has and um, and they're just enjoying being mom and dad. And I'm enjoying watching the the process of mom and dad. And uh it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah,
0: it is. It I I don't have family in Texas um at all. They're, my parents are back in Michigan. They they come here. I mean, they travel, they my dad's retired, so they'll come and and see, you know, see me and my son. I always say see my son. I know they want to see me kind of, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just like to watch my, my, my son and their grandson hang out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I do think it would be nice if they were closer. So I could I, I could kind of see where she's coming from in one aspect. But it also gives me a reason to go up there, you know, so I don't have a problem yeah. with that. So as you as you're hanging out and you're thinking of the next chapter or next books and what your next process is and uh, do you have a target as to where your next destination is? I know you said you're not you know this year you got to end up in Texas in July, yeah. which is not fun. So you're probably trying to avoid Texas for a while. Um, <laughs> but yeah,
1: well we know what we're doing this year. Um, this year threw us for a loop. Yeah. Uh, when we entered. Uh, with three deaths in the family, uh, my wife's grandmother, and then her her dad, and my sister, all within two months, uh. that kind of threw us for a loop. So, so we've been back and forth between Texas and PA. Uh, now we're back in PA. We, my wife had to deal with some probate probate stuff, um, so we're working through that. Um, so we know we're going back to Texas in July. Then we'll come back up here to Pennsylvania. We promised to promised the granddaughter that uh, we would take her apple picking <laughs> in the fall. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So that's, that's on the agenda. And then uh, beyond that, we'll go back to Texas again for the winter, because that's what we do. And then, um, then we'll have to put our plan together for next year. Next year, we don't know. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, you said apple picking, and that's, I tell you what, the fall is the one season i miss the most because texas has about three days of fall (laughs) if we're lucky you know a real fall i want to see the leaves change colors i want to smell that crisp you know cool air go to the cider mill you know get a donut pick yeah yeah. i I miss one of my first jobs was actually working at a cider mill so oh um, really yeah i worked in an apple orchard for a couple years and that cider mill and uh i'll I'll never forget it. It was something something about that, you know that time of year. so I do miss That's that cool. a lot. That would be real
1: cool. yeah, one of the things that we do like about Pennsylvania is you know the the prevalence of all these farms. Uh, you know we live in in a rural part of Pennsylvania. so in Adams county, uh it's all farmland. Uh, you know, there are apple orchards, there are strawberry patches. It's just amazing, cornfields everywhere. And uh, a lot of these farms allow you to come on and pick your own. And so we've uh, we've discovered strawberry picking, cherry picking, apple picking, and uh, we've been doing it for 16 years now. We've been doing it every year. Uh, we took all of our grandkids um, to pick fruit uh, during harvest time. They love it, uh, gets them out of the house. Gets them to, uh, you know, it's a real education because when you're five years old um, and you go to a farm and you pick your food off the tree or the bush or the vine, then you realize that it, it doesn't grow up in the supermarket, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, there's actually a process that in, that's involved in getting food to the table. And that's a really important education. Well, yeah.
0: And it's also on top of the fact that you're getting the best food out there, you know, I mean, it's coming direct from the source without going through all this process and hands and chemicals and all this stuff, you know, you're, you're getting the best thing. And it is an experience too. I mean, it's because at some point those five-year-olds are going to get to be an age where we all been there. We don't appreciate that stuff. You know, we have that, we might appreciate it a little bit but we were into our own little bubble in those teenage years so being able to have that memory and go back to it and say oh you know what i did do that as a kid that was fun that's really important you know and oh yeah yeah it's it's all about those core memories so yeah that's great so before we wrap it up here i just you know wanted to number one say hey Thank you again for taking the time out to talk to me. I love it this is great like I could talk for hours by the way <laughs> yeah, you sound like a talker <laughs> Yeah I am I'm sorry you know what are you gonna do right um, but I love you, it. you have done some great things. I love uh, you know the, the different I want to say genres but different stories and book ideas that you come out with that it's it's not just one specific. Item, one specific genre, one specific topic. You've managed to, to kind of go across the gambit there. Um,
1: yeah. And, you know, the, in some sense, they're related. They're not, I mean, there's a big difference between uh, cryptocurrency and crypto social media. And I am not the king, but yes, <laughs> nonfiction. And, and I'm working on, uh, you know, those are the two genres that have me excited right now. Number one, uh, I've been a Christian for 30 years now. And, um, I'm I'm really developing a sense for um, the next phase of my spiritual life, and yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it's something that we take for granted a lot here in America that that you know we can just get up on Sunday morning, go to a church, pick a church that we want to go to, and but you know it's not we're not necessarily deep you know deep in love with. Um, our savior. And for me, I've found that some of the churches that I've visited, um, they don't go deep enough for me. I'm a deep thinker. I'm a deep um, feeler. I don't don't just surf on the shallow end of the pool. You know what I mean? Right. So for me, writing is a part of exploring uh, that spirituality. And so I, I am working on a new book, uh, that uh is going to explore some concepts related to the kingdom of god and I'm getting into that and uh and writing about that and then uh on the crypto side i'm I'm working on a new book that is uh, that explores the history of the top ten cryptocurrencies by market cap all the way back to nineteen uh, uh, not nineteen ninety eight but two thousand eight when bitcoin was uh was invented and so uh, those are the two projects I've got coming out here later in the year. Wow. Yeah. It's working on one book is hard enough. So,
0: <laughs> working on two, I, uh, I, and you know what? I should, I, and you could probably relate to this, and maybe you can. I don't know. When I write and uh, I've been delaying my book, I feel like forever, but although it's not, it, we're now not in the delaying process. It's literally like on that wave ready to, to hit, you know? Um, yeah. You know, but. How, do you ever get in that position where you're writing one thing and you're focused on that that topic that book whatever that may be, and you have to stop because another idea comes and if you don't start it you're gonna
1: forget it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know that's an easy that's an easy uh, trapped to fall into what I've learned to do. I used to do that when I was younger and then I had all these unfinished projects. Right. What, what I learned to do is to write down an idea. And so I have a, I have a file where I just write down my ideas and then I come back to them later. Uh, but I want to finish the project that I'm working on. So I felt fo- I forced myself to focus on that project and uh, leave everything else um, aside, because I have ideas, I have way more ideas than I will ever pursue.
0: I agree. With that. I I I can relate to that. I a hundred percent relate to that. That's the trap I get myself in. And then I I have that little file, that folder, whatever you want to call it, with these ideas. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute, let me go add to it. And next thing you know, I'm adding to it again. And and now I'm working on this. And I'm like, well, we, we got to go back to the original idea, Brandon. Stay focused, but. <laughs> Well, hey, again, keep me in the loop on uh, all your upcoming books uh, when you get closer to releasing the next batch, the next uh, whichever one comes first. Yeah. Uh, any interesting, you know, travels and stuff? I know we can follow you on YouTube. Or is there any other social media that you uh, are on? You just kind of focus on YouTube right now.
1: Uh, Well, I'm on Twitter. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm on Facebook, but... Uh... Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn are three primary channels. LinkedIn I use mostly for chasing clients, and <laughs> and um, then Twitter is uh, sort of what I just hodgepodge uh, crypto and Christianity and uh, and and that kind of thing. And I share my videos on on Twitter, and then Facebook is the same thing. It's more of a personal space, but those are the three that I'm on. And then of course I want to a handful of the crypto social sites that are right that I wrote about in my book.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, you better be on those
1: (laughs) if you're talking about them, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, I will
0: make sure that I get all of the open links that you communicate with everybody on. I'll get those on the life of an average show podcast.com. I will also put them on my social media when this goes live and uh, we will keep track of your travels. Uh, I got to tell you again, though, I think it's awesome. I am thoroughly like into what you're doing. I think it's great. I have a friend uh, named Whitney, uh shout out to her. Um, she converted a van oh, over, well, right when COVID really started, she kind of started this project
1: yeah. and
0: um, she doesn't tr- live in it, but she takes long road trips. I mean, she'll be gone for a month at a time. Oh, yeah. um, that's kind of where her gig is. And, So I'm sure she'll be listening to this and very excited to find out what you're doing. Um, Awesome. Yeah, it's been great. And you enjoy uh, whatever you got planned for today and enjoy, you know, when you get back on the road, be safe. And we'll, we'll welcome you to Texas when you get back in the hot of it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because July (laughs) is going to be here very fast, my friend. Yes, it (laughs) is. all right well i thank you so much for coming on and guys you can listen to the life of an average joe podcast on any platform of course if you've missed an episode the life of an average joe podcast.com i'm i'm there you can find me everywhere you, you guys know where to find me you've been listening to the show for a while now and i'll be back next week with i'm not even sure what episode it was um so yeah just tune in and enjoy that oh i think we are uh I think I have another interview set up with a good buddy of mine. We'll talk then, though. I don't know. I'm scheduled so far out, everybody, that I I just don't even know. So, But just keep following, and uh, don't forget to check out every link I post so you can keep track of his amazing travels. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of videos on there that I haven't watched. I spent one night just going through YouTube, clicking on video after video, like, man, I don't even know that town. So it's been great. But uh, thank you again for listening and thank you for coming on the life of an average show podcast.
1: Thank you, Brandon. Thank you very much. Well, that was awesome. That was
0: fun. And you know, it's, it's not often that you get to uh, encounter people just randomly and it works out to this. And I was really pleased and, blessed to be able to meet such an interesting guy and, and just a cool, genuine human being and Alan Taylor. If you want to check out what Alan Taylor's up to, I'll give you a couple little links and of course I'll post these author you can uh, go ahead and see what he's up to find out a little bit about him you can also purchase his books uh he's got his book i am not the king uh which he talks about his journey in meeting uh, jesus christ and uh, becoming a christian and his his spiritual memoir and testimony he's also got his book the crypto social how cryptocurrencies are changing social media uh these are available on amazon as well he discusses a little bit about that Barnes and Noble, you know, all the big ones, in paperback, or, of course, you can get it on Kindle. Uh, this guy's done a lot, but, you know, one of the coolest things that, besides the the amazing writing that he does and uh, everything that that he does with that is he is, uh, you know, he's a road traveler, and he's got a YouTube channel, and it's really cool because on the YouTube channel, it's him and his wife and their adventures, so they film all this stuff going to all these different towns going to all these different cities and I really did get lost one night watching these cities like I was just sitting there looking at all these different towns and where he was going and some of them was cool because they are in Texas and I'm like okay that's reasonable enough for me to go check out that's reasonable for enough uh, for me to go look at and then some of them I'm like man you know that's Okay, that's a little bit more of a road trip. And then, of course, uh, you know, everything that he does on his way to Pennsylvania and and all that information. So you should really, really go look at it. Uh, It was a lot of good times, uh, a lot of conversation off the air that I may sit there and, you know, put into, I don't know, maybe some post-content shows or what have you. But he also has a website with Alan and Teresa. Uh, that's the that's the YouTube channel. I'm sorry, not website. It's the YouTube channel, Alan and Teresa, the Adventures of Alan and Teresa, and uh, I'll put that link on there as well, um, and you can go ahead and see some of them all the way from. Maryland to Virginia, Gettysburg, Fredericksburg, all the parts of Texas. I will keep up on uh, Alan's adventures, and of course, I'll post the links. And I got to thank you again, Alan, for being on the show. It's so great to hear about these stories from everyday people and their journeys. That's what makes this the life of an average Joe such a unique thing, because we get to contact with so many people and connect with so many people from across the world and hear their stories, and otherwise we never would. So, thank you. You for listening, and I'll um, make sure you go and check out everything that Alan's been up to.